that bothers God. It's the unappreciation. If the basketball game was on, UK was down two points, four seconds to go, and one of those players got the ball behind the three-point line, and they hit the shot as the time drained out, winning the game by one point, it wouldn't even have to be the championship, but most of you in here would lose your minds. It would be chaotic, it would be so loud. You'd be in the greatest of moods for at least the next couple of hours because your team had done it, amen? It amazes me how we can shout for folk that can't hear you. We can shout for folk who don't care anything about you. We can shout for people that are one day going to die. But when it gets to church, when it comes to church, when it comes to the things of God, and we begin to think about where he's brought us from, I think that's part of the problem is that many of us never take the time. We're always after the next thing, the next thing on our greedy little list that we never stop to think about what he's brought us from. It would, it would do us some good to sometimes just sit back and remember where you were and how you did not have the ability to bring yourself out. But somehow, some way, because he's faithful and because he's mighty, you're still here. So when, so when, so when I say uh, 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 all over the building, hold on, hold on, all over the building, let's give God a hand clap. Hold on, uh-uh, 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 don't do it yet, because I want you to understand uh, when I say all over the building, let's give God a hand clap of praise, what you should think about when you had four seconds left, you was down by two, and somehow God drained it from the three, giving you the victory. When, when you should have died in the hotel, when you should have died in the wreck, when you should have overdosed due to the massive amounts of cocaine that you have snorted and the heroin that you've snorted and shot up, you... When you begin to think about what it is that God, when your children, when your children was laying in a sick bed and it didn't look like they were going to make it through, y'all don't hear me in here. When you had four seconds left in your life and God stepped up on the scene of the team and he began to change things around. I need you to think about that for a moment. When you cried till you lost weight, when you, 
when there was so much hell in your life that you couldn't get sleep that you was losing hair is it anybody that knows what I'm talking about because if you know what I'm talking about if you've been through something then all over the building let's give God a praise crazy but I just happen to believe that your praise should be bigger than what your problem was oh Lord can I say that again I, you call me crazy but I believe that your praise should be bigger than what your problem was because if he brought you through your problem Lord have mercy if he's bringing you through your problem then your praise bless the Lord on today. We bless the Lord on today. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Children's church is open. Children's church is open. Uh, Shaniqua, make sure that we have the children all down here. Uh, we want to, we are going to pray for them. Uh, middle school church is open. High school church is open. If you're in middle school or high school, we ask that you go where you're supposed to be. There's a word for you. We believe in all of our children learning. Amen. Children's church is open. All the, everybody's invited. Hallelujah. Nurseries is open. It's going on today here at the UWC. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Excited to be in the house of the Lord, and we're going to get started. Just as soon as our beautiful babies are all where they're supposed to be, we have a lot to talk about, a lot to go through. Amen. Bring your nieces next week. Bring your nephews. If they are middle school or high school, bring them, bring them, bring them. We have middle school and high school pastors that are off the hook. My daughter says that Brandy is the best youth pastor ever. She does not want to miss school. She does not want to miss church. My daughter is one of those sleeping daughters. Amen. She does not want to miss church nor Bible study. That's only happened since we've started up the middle school program. And uh, we want our children to be, and she ain't excited about church because she's the preacher's kid. Because to be quite honest, she watches what the preacher goes through and it actually pushes her away from church. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? She's the preacher's kid, so she gets to see it all and, and it pushes her away from church. I asked her one day, I said, you, do you like to tell Father uh, is the, the pastor of the church? And she said, uh, uh, you know, I like I like that you preach and help people. And I said, I said, uh, she said, I, I like that you know you're over it, but I don't necessarily like being the preacher's kid. And I said, why not? She said, because those people are fake and they really don't like us. That was major. That was major to me. I said, why do you think that? She says, because Daddy, I see what you don't. I hear what they say. I'm walking around and they think I'm just walking around playing, but you see. And this is what we've got to get out of the taste of the mouths of our babies is that we are a hypocritical people. Some of our children only come because we make them. And they ought to be joyful about coming to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And it's not that the teachers aren't doing their jobs and that's why they don't like it. It's because they don't, they don't see 
in some of us at home what they see when we're here. You understand what I'm saying to you? And if children are going to be conflicted about anything, they never want to be conflicted about their parents. If children are going to see hypocrisy anywhere, they don't want to see it in their parents. Contrary to popular belief in commercials and basketball players and Sprite and Coke companies, your children do not want to be like Mike. They want to be like you. And when they get to the age to understand that being like you could get them in a situation that's not of God, then that can become depressing. Amen? So we want to step our games up all the way around the board when it comes to our children, our parenting, and everything that is connected to that. Got a lot to talk about today. I'm going to try to get you out of here in a sound hour. We gave you the notes because I gave you the note paper. You're going to get that every Sunday and every Wednesday that you're here because I believe that you should take notes. I believe that if you learned something that you did not know, you should write that down and then begin to apply it to your life. Amen? Uh, this is a teaching church here. Uh, another thing is that uh, some of you, uh, I don't know if they've passed them out to you, but some of you have got some invite cards that you should be getting. I want you to take these invite cards. If you're a member here at the Uni uh, Unity Worship Center, then uh, one of our expectations of you is to talk about your church, to talk about your church. Amen? And so we give you these invite cards, and on it is a line, and that's where you put your name. And the way that it works, whether you know the people or not, you put your name on there, you give it to them, and when they come to church, they will show the usher the card with the name on it. The, the usher will come to you, and then that person doesn't have to sit in church alone. Amen? It can be quite intimidating to come to a building that you've never been to before around people that you don't know and have to sit there by yourself. So we want to start pushing our ministry. I believe that our ministry has the ability to help somebody. Amen? So, amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we want you to be a part of the, the help. Amen? All right. Part two. Uh, my flyer should be up on the screen. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm correcting and dealing with things openly because I want them to be, once I deal with them one time, I don't want to deal with them anymore. What I'm doing for you is bringing you a ministry that is operating in complete excellence. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? And see, some of you, amen, amen, because you're not used to excellence, so you don't expect excellence, but I want you to get used to excellence so that you can expect excellence in every area of your life. Your boss ought to treat you with excellence. You understand what I'm saying to you? Your family ought to treat you with excellence. You understand? Your spouse, your children should all treat you with excellence, but if you ain't never expected excellence, then you don't expect excellence. Amen? All right. Last week, we started a sermon series entitled, A Love That Restores. This series is birthed from what I feel is a lack of understanding of this great word, salvation, uh, that God has gifted us with. Uh, over the years of my ministry, uh, what I have found to be true is that most people who profess to have given their lives to Christ really do not understand all of the benefits that comes with that confession. For in salvation is wrapped, a, is wrapped up beautifully a plethora of life-transforming gifts that when truly thought about uh, brings about a deeper love as well as appreciation because we are blown away by this gift of salvation which seems to just keep on giving. Amen? It, it isn't until, it isn't until, and see, this is why I want some of you to come to the, the, the classes, the beginner's Bible study classes, the beginner's Bible course, and, and things of that nature. Why? Because when I begin to talk about justification, salvation, sanctification, and things of this, you don't necessarily have to sit there trying to figure out what I'm talking about. You already know. You understand? It's boring when you don't know. 
You understand what I'm saying to you? But ignorance can always be remedied with knowledge. Don't, don't, get, aff don't get offended when I say ignorance. You, you know, if I, I'm ignorant to trigonometry. You understand what I'm saying to you? But if I go to take a class on it, I get knowledge on it. Be careful. Don't be worried about being ignorant. Be worried about being stupid. Yeah, that's what you're worried about. Be, be worried about being stupid. Don't, you don't want to be stupid. I can be ignorant. That means that I'm open to learn, and, 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 and my capacity with and, or it widens to where I can be able to teach and talk on any situation. But, but when you're just stupid, you could learn it and still don't use it. Oh, God. That are, I might preach that. You can learn it and don't use it. Oh, Lord. Oh, let me get in here for y'all. Just get up and get to walking out on me. Amen. It isn't until you begin to understand the depth that God's love is not only unconditional, uh, but it is also unmatched by anyone and anything. And it is that same love that promises to keep you despite what it is that's coming up against you. Uh, one of the things, one of the things uh, God's love does in the ministry of restoration is the ministry of restoration. And, 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 and I can... Uh, I can just say as a beneficiary of such an extraordinary gift, you don't know how powerful God is until he restores you. Oh, God. Do, do, do you remember being at your worst? Do you, anybody remember being at your worst? And if you tell the truth about it, you have to say that it was only God. It could have only been God that saved you. You, you wasn't even religious, but he saved you anyway amen uh, 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 and it isn't until that he, he he saves you and he restores you that you begin to understand how powerful he is let's go to second uh, samuel chapter 9 second samuel chapter 9 the first one's going to come out of the new king james version and the bible says now david said is there still anyone who is left in the house of saul that, that i might show him a kindness for jonathan's sake and there was a servant of the house of saul whose name was ziba uh, so when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there not, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, <clears throat> Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Micar, the son of Emiel, in Lodabar. Somebody say Lodabar. The king David sent and brought him out of the house of Micar, uh, the son of Emiel, from Lodabar. Now, when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, uh, in other words, he was the grandson of King Saul, not the Saul that you know in the New Testament, but the Saul in the Old Testament, uh, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David. He fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said to, then David said, Mephibosheth? And he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear. And the reason why he was telling him not to fear was because he was from another house, from another kingdom, from another time. And back then, when kingdoms were taken over, everybody in the house was supposed to be killed. And the reason that they done that was because they didn't need a Mephibosheth growing up ready to avenge the king that had his family overthrown and overthrown and killed. You understand? So he tells him, do not fear, for I will surely show you the kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. And, we'll, and now there's a reason that he's going to show him the kindness of God uh, for Jonathan, for Jonathan's sake. And he says, and not get this, get this, he says, and will restore, somebody say restore, to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table 
continually. Verse number 8 says, Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? The problem with Mephibosheth is that he does not understand that something went on far before his existence. And the king called to Ziba. Notice he just ignores the question. And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's son all that belonged to Saul and all and to all his house. Uh, you, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord uh, the king has commanded his servant, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who dwelt in the house Come on, of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table, and he was lame in both of his feet. May God add a blessing to the hearers, the readers, but most of all, the doers of his word. I just want to do something real quick. I want to find something out. Okay, all right, all right, I'm good. Whew. A love that re stores. This text starts out with David asking if there is anyone in the house of Saul that he can show kindness to. And there was a servant in the house of Saul by the name of Ziba. And Ziba informs David that there is someone left. And little did David know that who was left would be so dear, so dear to his heart. Let me explain. In the 18th chapter, of 1 Samuel, around the verse number 5, we find a situation about to unravel between David and the king Saul. Let's go there. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set over him the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now it had it, now it happened as they were coming home when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistines that uh, uh, the women had come out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, uh, with joy and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have only ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. Here, here we have a young man who is recorded as faithful. The Bible says that any time Saul sent David out, David behaved wisely. Saul also put David over the men of war, and, and the Bible tells us that David, he was accepted. To, to the normal mindset, to the normal mind, and, and it's big that he's accepted by the men of war, because most often in armies, when you have men that are in tactical strategy, uh, what what uh, uh, you know, uh, we used to call them in the military grunts. When you're a grunt, when you're about that, when you're about that life with that pistol, uh, they're usually alphas. 
And it's amazing that David, David's way, his personality is so awesome that even the alphas accept him. Usually when you are trying to be over a group of alphas, there's always going to be a couple of them alphas that want to try you. But this isn't the way with David. In fact, they said that they totally accepted him. The normal mindset on the strength of David and his loyalty and him being a great war tactician, Saul should have really just been thinking, man, I got it going on. But the problem is, in the earlier chapters, Saul, I believe in chapter 15, uh, is given a mission. And the mission is to go and destroy all of Amalek. Now, I want you to get this. Amalek is a nation that were enemies to the Israelites. Mm -hmm. Amalek is a nation that were enemies to the Israelites. And God had the prophet Samuel to tell Saul to kill the king, kill the babies, kill everything and everyone. No one or no thing is to be spared. But Saul was disobedient and allowed the king to live. Not only that, but he keeps the best of the livestock for himself. And get this, when he's confronted about it, he claims that he was going to offer, it was the best that they had, and he was going to offer up the livestock to the Lord. You understand what I'm saying to you? And as a consequence of, of, of disobedience, God rejects Saul as king. And, and Saul has begun to deal with a spirit that's distressing him. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. There, there is nothing like being cut off by God. <laughs> Can I just ask a question? Have you ever, since being saved, messed up and knew that God was rejecting you because of the choice that you chose to operate in? And, 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 and not because he didn't love you, but because rather you had been disobedient. It, it, it will have you feel, let me tell you something. If you've ever been cut off by God, it'll have you feeling crazy. It will have you making bad move after bad move. And the reality is when, when you're wrong or you know that you've displeased God, your first move towards God should be repentance. Not trying to explain, not blaming other people, and not acting like you didn't know what you was doing or it didn't happen. Or hopefully, you know, God didn't see it. That, that's not what you're supposed to do. The, the, the first thing that you should do is repent. Not, 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 not say that you're sorry and hope that that gets you a pass. You need to repent. Can I just go ahead and tell the ladies something and the, men, the married people something in here? If, if your husband or wife has done you wrong in any fashion, any fashion, even if it's just stole the last bit of ice cream that you hold dear, an apology shouldn't be enough. They need to repent. If your spouse has ever talked crazy to you, called you out your name, put their hands on you, anything of that nature, anything, they don't need to just say they're sorry. They need to repent. And the reason that they need to repent, because you are a gift to them by God. Furthermore, you are God's. And so anytime that you disrespect God's creature, you need to repent to God. Don't be so caught up in trying to apologize to the person, you understand what I'm saying to you, as you ought to be caught up with apologizing to God. Because before anybody else got sinned against, before anybody else's feelings got hurt, before anybody else felt some type of way, God felt that way first. Clap your hands. That's a praise moment. Okay. And when I say that, you're not praising me, you're praising the word of the Lord. Okay. You, you clap because, oh, you know what? I didn't think about that. Maybe that's why they continue to act in the way that they act because they always say they're sorry, but they don't repent. 
maybe, maybe when I'm hurt, I should get out of myself and tell them that they need to get it right with God. And once they get it right with God, then worry about me. Because if they disrespect me, that ain't, I mean, that's big, but it ain't nowhere near as big as them disrespecting God. Can I tell you this? Sometimes you got to put your hurt to the side, love your mate enough to make sure your mate gets right with God before this thing gets right with y'all. Y'all ain't hearing me up in here. But, but we can't do that because we so caught up with self. It's just my hurt. It's just my pain. It's just what I've been going through. You understand what I'm saying to you? But, but, but if they've been that hellish to you, how hellish do you feel, think that God feels? See, they, they can make up with you and still go to hell. Because they never made up with God. Y'all don't, y'all better stop. Y'all don't want this. Amen. Amen. So, 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 so God anoints David to be the next king of Israel. And, and David ends up being the king's right-hand man. But, but I want you to understand something. People who have been wrong with God will always have a hard time being right with you. People who have been wrong with God will always have a hard time being right with you. So, 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 one day, so one day Saul and David are returning home victorious from war and some women begin to sing a song in which the lyric said, Saul has slain ten thousands and David has, I mean, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands and Saul lost it. You see, and, and he doesn't lose it, you know, in his, in his right mind, he wouldn't have lost it. It wouldn't have mattered. He's the king. He's been over millions of people for years now. It wouldn't have bothered him, but because he knows he's wrong with God. See, 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 when you've been wrong with God, you can't trust nobody. When, when, you, when you know the anointing has been, when you, know the, when, you, uh, uh, when, when you know that God has taken his hand off you, it becomes hard to be cool with anybody because you don't know if that anybody is the one that's supposed to come and replace you. Saul knew he was going to be replaced. He just didn't know with who. He knew he had been rejected. So since he had been rejected, that means that somebody had to be accepted. And this dude, David, was the bomb.com. And maybe this is the one. And they're in here singing about him. And, and, and they, over here, they love David. And I've been their king for years. But they're going to give him more people than me? So he can't even understand the blessing that he has because he's not right with God. In, 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 the na- in, 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 in the mortal words of a great uh, 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 street theologian, Nipsey Hussle, baby, that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a marathon. That's a, that's a lap. That's a victory lap. Amen. You, you, you understand this. Maybe people aren't right with you because they're not right with God. And, and some of you were trying to figure out what is it going to take for me to get this person where I need them to be and you still trying to do stuff. You're trying to cook better. You're trying to sex better. You're trying to do your hair. You know, added some hair, took some hair away. You, you know, the, the fellas done jumped in the gym, can't walk because they're so sore, trying to get it all together. You know, took on other jobs, giving all the money and they still can't get right. And I'm going to tell you something. Anybody that does not have a relationship with God will never have a proper relationship with you. And if they refuse to have a relationship with God, you need to kick that zero and get you a hero that's going to have a relationship. God, I'm getting old. You guys just going to have a relationship with God. Can we omit that from the video? Did I say that? Amen. I'm feeling 70-ish. They're never going to treat you right if they don't treat God right. It's real. Why? Because they don't have the love of God, so they can't love you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Get this. He loses it, and from that moment on, it didn't matter what David did. Saul would operate from a jealous spirit. If you remember in the earlier scriptures in 1 Samuel 18 and 9, it says, So 
Saul eyed David from that day forward. But, but it's right here in the Amplified Version that you see on the screen right now, it says, now I want you to get this. It, it really breaks it down how, how he was really looking at it. It says, Saul looked at David with suspicion and jealousy from that day forward. Anybody ever been cheated on? Don't, don't, don't raise your hand unless they ain't here. Amen. Don't be putting your mate, don't be putting your mate out like that. Ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, might not even, okay, might not even be the person that you with right now. You ever been cheated on? Didn't they act suspicious? They did the cheating, but they got the nerve not to trust you. Where do that at? They done been called 30 times. You at Kroger's too late, and now they cars pulling up. Done went through every aisle. Cause, cause, folk have a tendency to believe that everybody is as rotten as they are. You, you see what I'm saying? That's what that is. It isn't that, it isn't that you married a, a promiscuous woman. It isn't that you married a bad man. It isn't any of that. The situation is you're just expecting people to be what you did. You, 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 see, and the problem with this is, is that you don't really know who you married. And anytime you begin to, 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 to accuse somebody of, of something that they could not possibly do because that's how they're built in their character, that just means that you don't know them. So, so now we got a bigger problem because why'd you marry me if you don't know me? They probably married you because you looked like, you looked right. They probably married you because your money was right. You might not have had a lot of money, but the money that you did, you get, they know that you'll give it to them. So that's a good reason to marry you. But, but the biggest problem in, 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 the, in the, the marriages in the church and the marriages in the world, period, is that, is that usually we marry people that we don't know. I think, uh, who was it? Simply Red said, if you don't know me by now, you understand. After all you done done, after all you done done, you still going to come in here and accuse me. You understand what I'm saying to you? You, you need to know who you're married to. And that, that's, why, that's why instead of, playing, of, of, of watching the games and playing the games, you need, to, you need to sit down and have conversations with your spouse. Amen. You know, before you woo, 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 you need to learn, learn, learn. It says in the Amplified that Saul looked at David with suspicion and jealousy from that day forward. Saul's wrong, but he can't trust his help. And some of you that are in this situation where you have been wronged, and it seems like every time you turn around, they are accusing you, or they, you know, they, they, they trying to tell you what you might be doing or what they think you're doing. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. It ain't nothing that you're going to do. Stop. You don't, get down away from me with that foolishness. That's what you need to say because it doesn't make no, never mind what you do. You will never calm their mind down until they repent to God, get right with God. Then they can properly love you. You're just wasting your time. You're going to stay frustrated trying to do what it is that they want you to do, trying to turn and backwards flips, hoping that they finally see that you'll never hurt them. Some of y'all giving that love that's saved for somebody else. By the time that you get to somebody nice, they, can, you, they can't do nothing with you because you're you like a, 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 a hurt animal, lashing out at everything because of what somebody else done. Saul is out of alignment with God. He's been rejected as king. So his mind is so jacked up that he lets some lyrics of a song lead him into a spirit of jealousy as well as a suspicious spirit. 
This gets so crazy that Saul tries to kill David twice. So David runs off and he leaves for the fields. And, and this is where we see a powerful example of Christ-like friendship and brotherhood. The first time that we get a chance to see the closeness of Jonathan and David is in 1 Samuel 18. Uh, let's do it from the ESV version. 1 Samuel 18, uh, verse number 1 says, And as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul, and Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of his robe that was on him, and he gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his belt and his bow. His bow and his belt. Now, now I want you to see something uh, that's real. That, that in the Bible says that Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Now, 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 now we we need to understand that there was a reason that, that Jonathan done what he done as far as his clothing went. You understand what I'm saying to you? By giving by giving David his robe, Jonathan bestowed on him his princehood. Lord have mercy. Let me let me let me let me back it up a little bit. Jonathan's robe identified Jonathan as a prince. Wherever he went wearing that robe, everyone knew he was royalty and all the privileges and authority that came with that distinction. By giving David his robe, Jonathan bestowed on him a princehood. He no longer considered him a mere shepherd, uh, uh, but, but, but royalty. He's a prince. And, and, and I want you to get this. The King James Version includes and his garments. He gave him his garments. The NIV says along with his tunic. Okay? That, th th this was more personal than just a princely robe. He also gave him the shirt off of his back. It, 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 it meant that he didn't mind if David was mistaking for him or that David or, or that he was mistaken for David. Lord, have mercy. Do you understand the friendship here? Do you understand the friendship here? The, 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 the shirt off his back. Jonathan gave him the shirt off his back, and he was not leaving it up to Saul, his father, the king, nor anyone else to make sure that David was straight. He wanted to let David and the rest of the world know that this, that who you was is not who you are. In, in, in this thing called life, can I just go ahead and tell you this? In this thing called life, there are a couple things that you are going to need. The first is a Savior, and his name is Jesus. But you are also going to need some people in your life to remind you that you are no longer who you were. Lord, have mercy. Don't, 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 don't matter what you've been through. Don't matter how long you was in it and who you was in it with. Once you come to Christ, you are no longer who you used to be. The past is irrelevant. Your mistakes don't matter. So your haters can have several seats because you are no longer who you used to be. I, I was wanting to, to this morning to show how important this was. And I wanted to, I, I was going to tell Miriam, uh, uh, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how deep it was. I was going to tell Miriam, uh, baby, grab my T-shirts. First, I was going to go to Walmart and buy two packs of T-shirts. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying to you? And then I got to thinking, you know, that's $18 a piece. And so, so I said, you know what? You know what? Then I, I read the text again, and what I learned was uh, 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 
Jonathan, I'm sorry, Jonathan, he didn't go anywhere and give something of his. He took it off his back and he handed it to who he trusted. Watch this. Didn't make no, never mind how uh, David acted because the Bible told us that David acted wisely so he could trust his shirt. He could trust his priesthood. He could trust his reputation in the hands of David. I, I promise you, I was, I, so when I realized that the shirts was like $18 a piece, now we're not going to do that. So what we'll do is we'll grab some shirts that I already got because see, he gave him the shirt that was off his back and I was going to hand you one of those shirts and I was going to hand you one of those shirts and I was going to hand you one of those shirts and I was going to hand you one of those shirts and I was going to hand you one of those shirts and I was going to hand hand a couple of y'all these shirts and you one of these shirts you understand what I'm saying to you but then I thought about it it was going to be some people in the ministry watch this I'm just going to tell the truth and shame the devil there was going to be some men in the building that I wouldn't have wear my shirt and the problem with so many of us in here man or woman is that you've let too many people wear your shirt you've let the wrong people Put your shirt on. You've let the wrong people represent you. And some of you aren't where you should be, where you could be, because for far too long you've allowed the wrong people, you've allowed them to represent you. And so the Lord told me, he said, no, don't do that because when you don't give certain people church, they're going to feel some type of way. But let them know that every man should be able to wear every man in this room's shirt. Every woman should be able to wear every woman in this building's shirt. He gave him the shirt off his back, which symbolized Jonathan did not mind people mistaking David for him or vice versa. And the reason that Jonathan was able to operate so freely was because David was of a good report. Remember the Bible said that everywhere he went, he behaved himself wisely. You, you would be hard pressed to find people today who you could trust with your shirt. Folk, folk are so secretly jacked up and messed up. You wear somebody else's shirt today if you want to. You'll be getting confronted, shot at, and probably cussed out. But David... David was of a good report. So, so you see the friendship, the brotherhood that was between them. And so, and so Saul begins to come against David, and David decides to get free for some safety. And we see a second time the bond between David and Jonathan. For the sake of time, I'm, I'm just going to explain real quickly that John, Jonathan goes out to the field where he knows that David is, and David tells him everything. For Jonathan's own piece, he wants to go back and talk to his father and see the mindset of his dad and if the mindset is what David is saying it is then he's going to come back and he's going to get David to safety so Jonathan does just that he goes to dinner with his father and the royal family and and through the conversation he realizes that David is right and he goes to warn and help David but he has one stipulation because he knows David he knows who David is called to be Jonathan knew that David was called to be the next king of Israel. No one ever told Jonathan, an angel didn't reveal it, but Jonathan knew his friend, and he knew his heart, and he knew God, so he knew David would be the next king. Let me tell you something, why, why Jonathan was so awesome. By right, he's supposed to be the next king because of who his father is. 
but 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 Jonathan understood that David was the man was the man and he was okay with that let me tell you something real quickly. Uh, you have to surround yourself with people uh, that, that just because you might have got yourself in some trouble, understand that that trouble does not disqualify you from being who you was called to be. You understand what I'm saying to you? You, you ever want to know who's down for you for real? And I don't suggest you just going to get in trouble, but if you ever do get in some trouble, you might have messed up, you know, or, or something just might have befallen upon you. Uh, uh, you want to see who's down for you, watch who stays. And I ain't talking about just a little trouble. I'm talking about getting some trouble, trouble. And, and see who sticks with you. See who stays around. Those are the people that you can call friends. You understand what I'm saying to you? You, you need people to show you. Uh, you need people around you that when you show them that, that you are human, when you mess up, when you fall, when you drop the ball, still understand that your call to greatness is still your call to greatness, and it don't mind, and they don't mind sacrificing who they think they should be uh, to make room for who they know you are, Lord, have mercy. See, see, you got to have some people around you that forfeit, that will say, you know what, you know what, my vision coincides with their vision. Their vision is far larger than mine. I know their heart. I know God's heart. He has the heart of God. Therefore, I'm going to help him uh, complete his vision because in completing his vision, I complete my own. I don't, I don't got to worry about it because what it is that I'm trying to accomplish, watch this, what I'm trying to accomplish will get accomplished as long as what he's doing gets accomplished. And since what he's got to do is far greater than what I got to do, we got to make sure that he gets there because if he don't get there, I can't. Y'all don't hear me in here. But the problem that we have in the 21st century church, the problem that we have in the 21st century period is we got this crab in a bucket mentality. And if we ain't the star, if we ain't the one out front, if we ain't the one getting the most money, if we ain't the one being seen, if they ain't shouting our name, if they ain't talking about you, then we don't want that other person to have it. So we're just going to be broke together before I help you get yours first and then me get mine. Lord, have mercy. I'd rather stay broke than get you paid, and I don't think I'm going to get paid. You don't know the heart of who it is that you're connected to if you think that's how they would do you. How many of your friendships have broken up on the strength that the person that you was friends with just simply did not know you? Simply did not know you. Reminds us of a story, don't it, Mark? Reminds us of a story. Can I tell it? Years ago, years ago, this is one of my best friends in the world, years ago, and he's such a best friend that he looks over when people mess up. So some things went down with him and I, and, and, and I broke camp, and I was like, you know, and, you know, and so we didn't see each other for about two years, and he had every right to be so upset with me. And, and so when he sees me one day, we're talking, and he just says, man, just, I love you, man. Man, I love you, man. I said, man, what, one day? He said, man, I don't care about any of that. I love you. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? See, see that, that, that's, that's friendship. You understand what I'm saying to you? He, he, he said, he said, what do you need? Heard you got in some trouble. What do you need? How can I help you? Out of, hold on, hold on. I offended you. But, but I got to make sure you're straight because I love you, man. You see? And, and this, is how, this is how if we were all of that nature. See, sometimes love will look over ignorance. That's how cold love is. Cold is love is so cold it looks over ignorance. You understand what I'm saying to you? Love sees who you are despite what you're showing people. Amen. Love sees who you are despite what you're showing people. Lord have mercy. So, 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 so let me show you, let me show you the deal. Let me show you the deal that David and Jonathan made. I'm, I'm, I'm going fast. Oh, I got, I got 16 minutes. Okay, so... <laughs> 
So I'm going to show you the deal that, that David and, and, and Jonathan made real quickly. First Samuel, first Samuel, uh, okay, you want it, 13 through 17. This is what Jonathan says. But should it please my father to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan and more also if I do not disclose it to you and send you away, that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, if I'm still alive, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die. In other words, he says, so when you become the king, don't come back and kill me. Right? But Jonathan's so awesome that he does not just want to protect himself. Listen to what he says. If I'm still alive, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die. And do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever. When the Lord cuts every uh, cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So what he's saying is, when he says of my house, he's saying, don't, and don't kill my people. Don't kill, don't, kill, don't kill my family, and don't kill my servants. This house ought to be protected. If you can do this, then I got you. You understand what I'm saying to you? And so in 16, it says, and Jonathan, uh, and Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David. May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Notice he didn't say that for his love of God. He said, Jonathan understood him and David's relationship. He said, swear on our love. Swear on our love. See, see, some of you have best friends that you could swear on your love and your best friend would still betray you. You, you, you got to know that person that you call best friend that no matter what, they will never betray you. You understand what I'm saying to you? Even if that means they got to take one for the team. Even if that means that might bring them, you know, that might bring them in a place of pain. That might bring them in a place of heartache. That might bring them in a place of ruin even. You got to know that the people connected to you will take one for you. The problem is, in, in, especially people in the 21st century church, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this because this is going to bless somebody, is that, that we too needy. So, so if, if, if you remember back in the day, some of you know me, I would always think this is my ma this, this is my ma that, my ma, ma this, my ma, ma this is my mother, this is my woo-woo-woo. I, I, got, I got like three spiritual mothers, maybe two. I can't remember right off. One, one's gone to glory. You understand what I'm saying to you? But other than that, I have two spiritual mothers, and I had to cut off the other 30 because the glory began to show me that the only reason why I called them mother was because I was not properly mothered by my own. I did, not, I did not receive the love from the mother, from, from the, from the mother of my own to, to the point to where, you know, some of you did. So, so everybody that loved me, and I could tell that they loved me from their heart, they became my mother. It wasn't enough for them to be, to be just a good person in my life. I had to, because I had to let them know by calling their mother what you mean to me. And so once you understand what you mean to me, you're not supposed to hurt me. But, but, but what happened was the Lord let spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers hurt me to the point to where I began to understand the scripture when you, that he is a mother to the motherless and a father to the fatherless. Never give to people what you should only give to God. You, you see what I'm saying to you? And so, and so I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. Uh, uh, one of the problems I see, and especially in our church, I, I, I like to deal with everything. I'm a kingdom man. I help any church, but I'm most concerned with this one. Everybody wants to be somebody kin to somebody. That ain't your cousin. Don't keep on claiming that to be your cousin. You too old for that. And you was 13, and, they, they, you know, they was popular, and you used to get the girls and the boys. You know, I get it. That can be your cousin. Then. But now, you 20 plus years old, you need to stop claiming people. Especially when you claiming people that don't claim you back. You understand what I'm saying to you? You, you, you're right here. That's my cousin. They don't even know you. 
They didn't even know that the relationship was supposed to be that deep. You see what I'm saying to you? And, and what, what, what is that, though? That is an indication of cleanliness. That's an indication of neediness. That's an indication that you are not where you should be in God because once you begin to claim God, you begin to only claim what is truly connected to you. You understand what I'm saying to you? We, 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 we make, and we make friends way too soon. People, people got upset with me when I said, I'm really not your friend, I'm just your pastor. And, 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 and people got upset about that. You know, I had some people leave the church about that, but I'm not going to change my mind and make you feel better. The reality is I'm called to pastor you, not to be your friend. And the problem is you call me to be your friend when you need me to be your pastor, and when I'm your pastor, you're offended. But when, y'all don't hear me in here. And so, and, so, and, so, and, so, and so some of you can't keep friends because you really don't want friends. You want yes people. You want people in your life to, to tell you that whatever it is you're at and whatever it is that you're doing, it's okay. No, but you need some people in your mind to, to tell you your crap stinks. You, you, you need to get yourself together. I don't agree with you. You're dead wrong. You're messing up everything about your life. You need people in your life that's going to tell you the truth despite how you feel about it. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. So I got to understand that when you tell me about myself, it's not because you're jealous of me. It's not because you don't like me. It's not because, you know, you want what I got. It's because it's supposed to be because you love me enough to stop me from doing the destructive things that I'm doing that is jacking off my life. And when you got real friendship, you know that they're telling you what they're telling you because they love you and not because they hate you. Oh, friends. See, 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 the reality is many of us don't have friends. You just got people. But you define them incorrectly. So once you define them incorrectly, you give them a power that they shouldn't have. Oh, y'all don't hear me in here. Jonathan goes home, and he finds out that the beef is real. He comes back, and he tells David. And, and the Bible says that, it, you know, uh, they both cried. But the Bible gets this. It says, but David cried harder. You have to understand why David cried harder. David is the son of Jesse. It is said, we don't know, but it is said by many theologians that David's mother passed in childbirth. Don't know how true that is. I felt it. I feel it's true, but I'm not going to say that it's true. I'm going to say that I, I go along with that. So, so you can study it and come up with your own conclusion. You understand? But as far as I'm concerned, he, his mom died at childbirth. And, 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 and so he was treated a certain type of way. Now, he had the most important job in the family. I think he was the eighth son. Jeff, wasn't it eight sons of Jesse? Oh, so he was the eighth son. So when Samuel comes to, to anoint or to find out who's going to be the next king by uh, pouring the oil, and the oil doesn't come out of the lamp, none of the seven sons, it blows his mind because all of them look good. They're tall. They, you know, they, they, they got it going on. And, 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 God said, and God said, hold on. So the problem, Jesse, it, uh, Samuel, the problem is you're looking on the outside. He said, but man judges the outside, but I look at what's in the heart. Some of you are where you're supposed to be, and you don't look the part. <laughs> You ain't smart enough for the part. You ain't got the credit for the part. But you got the part simply because God wasn't concerned what you was looking like on the outside. He knew what was rocking on the inside. So, 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 so get this. So, so he said, he said, I know my relationship with God is straight. Samuel says this. He says, he says, is there anybody else? And he, and this is how you know they had an issue with David because Jesse said, uh, we, there's David, but, but he tends the sheep. What you, how are you going to say that so nonchalantly? He keeps the product. He keeps the profit. He keeps the house running. What he does is how you eat. And Samuel says, until you get him, I will not sit. I will not sit nor have food until you go get him. And when he go gets David, he pours the lamp and the oil comes out. And it is known that he is supposed to be the next king of Israel. 
You know that they have a problem with him because when he comes, even though this has happened, his daddy still uses him as a delivery boy while they are fighting against Goliath. They, he tells David, you know, he don't go over and say, be, go be what you was called to be. He said, go, go bring him some food. And when they got there and he found out that, the, that all the army was, was punking out, they were scared of one man. And he said, he said you know, he begins to ask questions. Who, who is this that, that, that is coming up against our Lord? Who is this that's got all this rap against us? And why are y'all backing up? And his brother said, his brother said, what do you mean by asking all these questions? And, and why don't you go tend the little sheep? It wasn't tending the little sheep when it was feeding you. They wasn't little sheep when they was feeding you, wasn't little sheep when they was paying the bills. Be careful about how you want to disrespect somebody because they might not be up to your standard. Because one time they was at, you wasn't at the standard that they was at, but they still kept things going. You don't hear me up in here. You understand? And so, and so, and so, so we know that, that there's a problem. And, and, and Jesse's had issue and the brothers have had issue. And, 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 and so David has went and he has found a home with King Saul. He's found a home and he loves Saul and he loves them as king. You understand what I'm saying to you? Pay attention. It's just people. We're walking through okay so 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 he he says he says he says he says uh uh the bible says he wept harder who was that song that song have you ever loved somebody and somebody loved you back to the pretty grass he's poured his love into them They've left him as his own soul. Saul has treated him like a son. And on the strength of what some chicks done sung when we came back from war, now you're trying to kill me? To the point to where I got to live in danger. So I got to leave. And David wept. You ever cried because who you love, you found out didn't love you. You ever had tears? Those are tears that you can't even control. They just come down when, when whoever you love with all of you didn't love you back. Oof. Ain't, no, ain't no worse feeling to find out that you've been in the relationship by yourself all this time because they don't love you back. So we understand the deal that was made, amen? Jonathan goes, he lets him know, and then sometimes later, David is the man. He becomes the man, and he remembers Jonathan. Thus, he remembers his vow. So he asks, is there anyone left in the house of Saul that I might show the kindness of the Lord for Jonathan's sake. And this is where he hears of Mephibosheth, who is lame in his feet, and David sends for him. See, 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 when, when, when Jonathan and Saul were both killed in battle, uh, uh, news got back to Saul, Saul's kingdom, and the nurse or the nanny who cared for Mephibosheth at this time as a young boy is trying to get them both out of the house safely before the enemy comes to kill them too. But, but, but in, her, in her quest, in her quest uh, uh, to get him out of the house safely, she drops Mofibosheth and it causes, him, it causes him to be lame in his feet. And, 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 so, and so years later, years later, uh, uh, we, it is reported that Mofibosheth is in a place called Lodabar, 
the Lodabar means a place of no communication, no thing, uh, a, a city without significance. And anytime I think about Lodabar, I think about the projects. Well, Fibosheth is lame in his feet, and he's in a place of no significance, and all of a sudden there's a knock at the door, and in an instant his whole life changes. In the, new, in the King James Version, in the King James Version, uh, when, when Zeba tells him uh, that there's one left, uh, Fibosheth is left, he said, go and fetch him. Go fetch him and bring him here. This is significant because fetch basically means go, go pick him up. Go bring him here. He didn't say, see if he wants to come. He didn't say, he didn't say, make sure if he ain't doing nothing. He said, bring him here. I always imagine this, the knock at the door. Is that Mephibosheth? Uh, uh, come on. And some of you ought to get happy about this part because you can remember when God fetched you. You can remember when, when God fetched you out of your depression, when, when God fetched you out of your addiction, when God fetched you out of your bitterness, when God fetched you out of your mourning. You ought to be excited today because God fetched you, Lord have mercy. So some, 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 of, you, some of you are visitors here in this ministry today because God fetched you. He told somebody, go fetch him, go fetch her. I still got something for them to do. He's lame in his feet. Go fetch him. He's broken. Go fetch him. He's giving up. Go fetch him. He's bitter. Go fetch him because I still have something have something for you to do. First, first Samuel chapter 9, 5 through 13. We're almost done, I promise. 5 through 13 it says, uh, the King David sent and brought for him from the house of Micah to the son, uh, the son of Emiel uh, at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And, and David said, Mephibosheth. And, 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 and he answered, Behold, I am your servant. Not really understanding that, Behold, I'm really your godson. Me, 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 me and your daddy was so close. It was so tight. Haters of the Christian of Christianity, haters of the Word of God, often try to make this relationship between Jonathan and Saul as something perverted. They tried to say that you know they were they were because you know basically Jonathan stripped clearly off and gave to David, and they tried to press that off as pass that off as there was some homosexual activity going on in the life of these two. But you always got to be careful of these witches and warlocks and these, you understand what I'm saying, these game players of the gospel, uh, uh, simply because, and I bet you whoever started that rumor never had a friend, never understood what it meant to be a friend. You, you can be close to people and not to be with people. That's one of the biggest problems with some, can I just go ahead and tell the truth? Some of the women in the church, y'all, y'all, you're sleeping with your responsibility. Some, some of you done fell in love with who you was just supposed to witness to. You understand what I'm saying to you? You're trying to figure out why this thing's not working because you was never supposed to have a, a, a relationship with him. You was just supposed to get them a relationship with Jesus. See, that's why, that's why we don't send a lot of women out just like that to do a whole lot of uh, street ministry and all of that type stuff because the problem is we might send them out and not get them back. 
And when they do come back, they're so wounded, they're so busted, they're so broke up, they're so destroyed. You, know, the, the, you, know, you understand what I'm saying to you? Now we're sitting back and, and we're having to carry them back to life. But that's why, you know, and so some people say, well, I want to hear on picket because you ain't ready for that. I loved you too much. I love you too much. So many of us have, we, we sleep with the responsibility so God can't give you responsibility because he knows the responsibility will overwhelm you. It will overtake you. So, 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 uh, 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 oh, Lord, have mercy. He says, I, I'm your servant. And David said to him, do not fear. I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and I will restore. Somebody say restore. restore. To you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat of my table always. And he paid homage and said, what is your servant that you should regard, that you should show regard for a dog, a dead dog such as I? And this is deep right here. Go back to that, uh, Gabe. I want to I I deal with that real quickly. Real quickly. Uh, give me eight, yeah. And he paid homage and said, what is your servant that you should show regard for a dead dog such as I? Can I talk to a single woman real quick? This is, this is one of the things that happens. You've been dog for years. And then all of a sudden, somebody good come along, and you're trying to figure out their angle. <laughs> they come a little overweight. They don't look like what you wanted it to look like, but what you wanted it to look like really wasn't looking at you. And you forced the issue with what you wanted it to look like, and what, what you wanted it to look like took advantage of you and then left you. You understand what I'm saying to you? You thought that would have taught you, but you didn't. You continued to go after what it is you thought it should look like. Oh, God. Then, what, what, when what comes along that don't look like what you thought it should look like, but has a heart for you, they don't stand a chance. Because, one, you've been burned so much by what you wanted it or thought it should look like, that the one that don't look like what you thought it should look like, the one that can pay your bills, not because it's a trade-off for sex, not because he wants to be able to say he did it, but simply because he loves you, he can't get no play. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, and get this, and, and then when he, you do hook up with somebody, watch this, oh Lord, and they begin to treat you like the queen that you are, you don't know what to do with that because you still see yourself as a dead dog. And if pretty boy didn't love me, and since pretty boy didn't love you, you have come out of the situation believing that you just have no worth. Pretty boy after pretty boy after pretty boy after doe boy after doe boy after doe boy didn't want you. And all of a sudden, somebody that got a job who gonna come home every night, ain't chance in penitentiary or your house getting shot up or broke into, he, 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 he shows you some interest, and, and you begin to reciprocate the love. You begin to receive it, but the problem is the reason why you act out is that you don't really understand why you love me. I bet you don't get me to fall in love with you, give you my heart in its entirety, and then all of a sudden you leave me too. I'm a dead dog. I'm not worth being with. I'm not worth keeping. I'm not worth paying any attention to because if I was, then sexy Dex would have stayed with me. Women, I want you to tell the truth and shame the devil. 
And if you'll tell it here in public in front of everybody, I promise you'll break free of this curse right now. God will take the power of the enemy away from the enemy right now. How many of you in here deal with this situation? That, 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 that there's some people in your life that love you crazy, but you cannot receive it on the strength of what you've been through. Put your hands in the air if that's you. And I want to speak right now in the name of Jesus that on the strength that they were able to put their hands up and say, I trust God that that spell, that, that, that curse is broke right now in the name of Jesus and you will be able to reciprocate, you will be able to receive the love that it is that God is sending your way. You should clap right there. Now let me show you something. Let me show you something. All of you single people, I want to show you something. And you men too. I want to show you something. You want to find out if they love you for real? Keep your legs closed. You want to find out if they love you for real? Keep your legs closed. If you want to find out if they love you for real, keep your pants up. Now, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. And I've said this before. It's probably the fourth time in my ministry since I've said that. But let me tell you why we ain't, you're going to keep on getting hurt. Because the problem is when you see what you want, when you see that it might want you, when, it, when it's everything that you thought it should be and everything like that, before you let it go, you'll let it go. Did you get that? Before you let it go, before you, before you take a chance and lose it, you'll take a chance and lose it. then you're used again. There's another one that's had you that really wasn't good enough to have you. And what does it do? It takes shots at your self-esteem. Why, why do I keep on giving men what they shouldn't have? Why do I keep on giving women what they shouldn't have? Because I'm challenging you now. And the reason that many of you won't take the challenge in here is because you do not believe that you're worth waiting on. You've been destroyed so coldly for so long, so many times, you don't believe that you're worth waiting on. And, and since you don't believe, and, 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 and that is an implication that you don't trust God. See, you can wait when you trust God. You can leave if you want to. I said you ain't getting nothing. If you, if you, you, you leave because you ain't getting nothing, you might as well just stay gone because you ain't never going to get it until I get your last name. Don't be, let me, let me, don't be running around here just getting all happy because you ain't, you know, because he asked you to marry him. Let me tell you something. You remember that dude? Uh, you remember that dude? No, no, please. Y'all remember that dude that used to come over in, uh, at the plaza when Shorty had his restaurant up and he used to sell you them rings, them cubic circles. You remember that time I bought eight of them? You, he was with me. I told you that story before. He was with me. I bought eight of them. And I gave him all eight of my girls. Every time one of the girls was going to leave me, I asked them to marry me. Stupid, I'm already married. You done forgot all about that. But I got eight Cupric Zargonias. Got them for like six fifty. You feel me? Because I, I bought them in bulk. And, 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 and every time that I would, you know, not show up and not do what I was supposed to do, not, you know, give them a little money, you know, and they, you know, I'm just so sick of this. And I'm like, you leaving me, but I was coming here to give you this. I love you. I need you to be in my life forever. He loved me. He take me out to eat. No, he don't. He go to McDonald's. You was in the car. He couldn't eat without offering you something. (laughs) 
I got, I got some, I got some engaged people in here checking their ring. Mercer, here like that's real. They know that ain't no Cupid. <laughs> got some, got some people. Look, John is like John Doris over here like. This is, I tell you what, let this ring not be real. James over here like every time I come to church, I get in trouble with Pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twine, if you know anything about Twine, he's over, he's over here like, oh, she don't look at this ring. She's looking at the ring, too. Because Twine will give you a cute. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, they're trying to love you, but they can't because you too caught up in what you went through. Some of you have let some good men go because of what you've been through or because they don't look what you, like what you, you better grow up. You, you better grow up. I, I used to say when I got out of prison, I, want, I, wanted, I wanted my wife to be from the street so she could appreciate who I used to be opposed to who I am now. If I would have got a woman that was from the street, I'd be back in the street. That's all that would have happened. Amen? So get this. Mofibo said, says, I'm, I'm just a dead dog in your sight. Notice David doesn't even respond to it. He sends orders to Ziba to go get the rest of everybody that's connected to David. Because there is, there is a restoration taking place. Sometimes, sometimes, Maya, come here, sweetheart. Yes, come here quickly. Is Reagan there? Come here. You're doing you gonna preach you gonna end this out you can end it out if you want to come on where you at Maya come on come on take your clogs off take your clogs off clogs. whatever they call I buy them I ain't got to know what they call them. come here sometimes get this God will send someone to fetch you and the reason that Mephibosheth had to be fetched was because Mephibosheth couldn't come on his own. Some of us have been so broken that you have people in your life that is carrying you to God. Not because you don't want to go, but you're too broken to believe. You're too broken to believe that you deserve the goodness of God. Some of you in here right now have thought, have thought a million times that you are not good enough. All that you have done in your life, why would God love me? And you better just thank God that he sent someone to fetch you. And it said that when they fetched him and brought him back to the king, you understand what I'm saying to you? It says that he laid him at the king's feet. So everything that the king had, the king could bestow upon him. You, you can be lame, you can be broken, you can be hurt, you can be crushed, but more than all of that, you can be restored. You can can be restored. If we have anybody in the building today
that's been broken. It's been hit so hard they never thought they'd be able to get up. The pain has been so immense that it's caused you to lose your way. But you want to be whole. You need somebody to fetch you. If all somebody would come and just fetch me. I'm so hurt I can't even move right now. I'm so crushed. I'm so betrayed. I'm so let down. I don't even believe I deserve any better than what it is that I'm getting. Lord, send somebody to fetch me. If we have anyone, anyone in the building today that desires to have a true real relationship with Jesus. Today's the day that you want to give your life to Christ. You've given your life to drugs. You've given your life to alcohol. You've given your life to men that don't care about you. You've given your life to women that don't care about you. You've given your life to a job in which you could die tomorrow and they'd replace you in three days. You've given your life over to so much and to so many just to still be so empty on the inside. But today is the day that you decide to trust God. Today is the day that you decide to give your life to the only one that should have had it in the first place. If today is the day that you want to give your life to Jesus, we offer you the invitation to come on down. Come on down. Back in the day, they used to have a grocery store over there by the mall where it used to be, it used to be the Lexington Mall. County Market, I think they called it. And on the way to the on the way to the aisles to pay for your groceries, they'd have these little burrows with little novelties to sell you on the way to the cash register. And they used to, something caught my attention one time. They had this perk shampoo. And it was in this little bitty bottle. It was thousands of them in there, just this big, just and it said on the burrow that was it said, it said, 89 cent, only 89 cent try me only 89 cent try me and every time I would go to the county market I was amazed at how everybody was just picking them up 89 cent that was a deal that was a deal well today I come to tell you in the house of the Lord that God is in the building and he's saying I'm free try me I'm free. I, I won't cost you anything. And the few things that I do cost you is the few things that are killing you. So, so come and try. Try me. 
If there's anybody in the building today that wants to try God, you've tried everything else. You are no closer to the happiness and the joy that you've been seeking, yet you are further away. We offer you the invitation to come on down. Satan is battling some of you right now. Some of you want to get up and, and you're so scared. I hear you, Holy Ghost. But the Lord said, tell you that he ain't expecting you to change years overnight. It just starts with steps. So if today is the day that you want to be saved, we offer you that invitation. I don't care if it's the kids. The Bible said, Jesus said, suffer not the little children. We got some children in this building right now that's going through hell and high water. And I want all of you to know that Jesus is the answer. I know that they're telling you in school that it's crazy to be saved. I know that people, you know, Jesus seems boring sometimes. Church don't want to go to it sometimes. But I want you to understand because some of you are going through some hell far too early. And, and God is saying, try me. If you try me, I'll save you. If you try me, I'll make sense of it for you. If you try me, you won't need the people that reject you. Try, try me. got some people in the building that, that has had a relationship with God and for whatever reason that relationship has been strained but we do know one thing that if you were in a relationship with God and you and God aren't where you are supposed to be that we do know that God is perfect so it's on you not God we go through things sometimes. Amen. Listen, if, 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 if you are one of those people whose relationship has been strained with God and you know you're not where you're supposed to be with him and today's the day that you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, we offer you the invitation to come on down. Come on down. It's been too long. It's been too crazy. You done figured out it don't work without him. You done figured that out. And, and, and the enemy is using pride to keep you from doing what you need to do. And I want you to understand, some of you might be sitting here saying today, you know what, I ain't got to go down there. I'm doing, I'm on that. But no, no, no. Sometimes, sometimes God, when he gives you an instruction, he wants it to be followed out. This is one of those times God wants you to let the people know you ain't playing no more. You sorry. You sorry. And you're right. To, and you're ready to get in right alignment with God so that he can turn this thing. God is fetching you right now. If there's anybody in the building that desires to rededicate their life to Christ, we offer you the invitation to come down. Some of you children, some of you young people, you were younger and God was everything. Remember that when you was young and you used to sing all the Christian songs and, and you know, you just knew that God was right and you didn't care about nothing else. And then you begin to get a little bit older and all of a sudden things, other things begin to be important. And, and the things that you found important wasn't necessarily, you know, cool with God. And you and you chose that over God. And, and today's the day that you want to rededicate your young life to Jesus. You're invited to come on down as well. I don't want to leave nobody out today. I don't want to leave nobody out today. Some, some of you have titles in the church. And you know you ain't right. It ain't been right. And today's the day that you want to get that thing right with God. You want to rededicate your life to God. We offer you the invitation to come on. Come on down. If there's anybody in the building that needs prayer, the altar is open. Because what it is that you need, I do not have. 
but it's at the altar. If there's anyone who needs prayer, the altar is open. Hallelujah. parents down here.